Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good morning, family. Welcome back. What a beautiful Tuesday. A lot to discuss. A lot to discuss today. Thank you for being here. We'll get the show started in less than one minute. Please take some time and please share today's stream with your friends and your family, your co-workers on social media. And we'll get the show started in just a minute. Don't go anywhere.
listening to the Nathan Ivy Show. One man, one microphone, one mission. Now let's get back to the flow. Honest Place in Cincinnati Media. It's the Nathan Ivy Show. I'm live. I'm local. And if you don't know, now you know I'm very vocal. Good morning to you and welcome back. Numerous things to discuss this morning, as you can see up on the screen. Numerous things. We'll talk about the uh, CPS reopening plans. And again, I want to give you a heads up that tomorrow at 12 noon, I'm doing a special broadcast with my homegirl, Donnie B., and we're teaming up together to talk about all things, including having a conversation with Cincinnati Public School Superintendent Laura Mitchell. So you get a chance to interface with Laura Mitchell tomorrow during that live stream. It's going to start at 12 noon and our conversation with Superintendent Mitchell is scheduled for 1230. That's tomorrow. All right. Make sure you study. I know you have a lot of questions, a lot of concerns. And uh, we'll discuss that tomorrow. But I do want to touch the topic just lightly in the sense of giving you a sense of what happened yesterday. I think that uh, it's very, very important. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome back. Welcome to my home, my home studio. Nathan Ivy with you. Yeah. Yeah, he grew a beard. Yeah, I did. Yup. I'm going to have to do something about it soon. But for now, on to more important matters. Many things to discuss today, my friends. Hey, listen, please take a second to like and especially share today's show. The more you share it, the more people see it. It's really, really simple. You know how social media works. Uh, do it for the culture. Do it for black independent voices here in the city of Cincinnati. And good morning to you. 513-873-7134. It is an absolutely wonderful day so far. We're just getting started. Good morning to my early risers. Early risers rule this world. You only have so much time, family. Get out there and make it happen. Make it happen. Good morning to you. Anything is possible. Health is the new wealth. Good morning, choppers. Good morning, team and I. Good morning to my patrons. Good morning to you. And and <clears throat> pardon me. And if you're a new listener, uh, like and share today's show. Subscribe. You can follow me on Facebook. Uh, go to the Nathan Ivy Show. And also the friends who like the Nathan Ivy show It's a closed Facebook group where a lot of choppers and a lot of folks from the Cincinnati area are connected in there. All are welcome. Consider this an invitation on today's show. Numerous things I want to talk about. I want to talk about new millennium man goals, new millennium man goals. All right. I want to talk about the CPS reopening plans and I want to talk about black classism. I saw a, I read a very interesting uh, piece written by a former member of city council within the last 24 hours. And 
You know, it's like great minds think alike. I was thinking the same thing. So I want to talk about that this morning. Plus a smattering of topics. We'll call it stories to start your morning this morning, right? Stories to start your morning. If you want to give me a call, 513-873-7134. You can see my number on the screen there. All I ask, the wise words of Boutros Boutros, open your mind before you open your mouth. That's it. Other than that, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> good morning to you. Many things to discuss. As always, let me start where I need to start. That's with the choppers. Let me get some chopper music here. Got to go straight to the choppers. Tadika writes, good morning, Nate, the choppers. Good morning to you. Tracy writes, hi. Good morning, Tracy. King Kobla writes, morning. Hey, good morning, King Kobla. Majestic writes, good morning, choppers, with a Z. You know what that means. Get to the chopper! Yeah, you know what that means. You already know. Uh, Majestic, uh, good to see you, brother. Ray writes, grand risings all. Good morning to you, Ray. Pat writes, good morning. King Koblar writes, anyone see the gay man commit suicide, lied on Facebook in front of 2,500 viewers yesterday? I did not. I did not. Send me a link. Not that I really want to see something so morbid. But people are in all kinds of different states, man. I don't get it. This life is such a blessing. I ain't giving this up for nothing. For Nathan. I'm loving it. But depression is real. Mental illness is real. Sometimes people lose hope. They might not have the emotional and family and friend connections that I have. That's what keeps me sustained and going. I I, I don't understand it, but I get it. I know what happens. Brenda writes, happy Tuesday. Deborah writes, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Good morning to you, Deborah. Get to the Choppers! Uh, Buckeye Alicia's in the house. She writes, good morning, Nathan and the Choppers from the Gym City. Good morning to you. Get to the Choppers! That's what we doing. We get into the choppers. Ray Rice, Nathan, redo classism. Okay, I will. You know, you know I have issues with spelling. You already know. Sharp Rice, good morning, Nathan. The choppers, good morning to you. Uh, CJ Rice, good morning, all. Good morning. Miss Tiffany's in the house. Good morning to you, Miss Tiffany. She was a big winner of the first ever Mystery History. We'll be doing it again this week. Go to Nathan Ivy Show, the official Facebook page for this show. And uh, you can play and win and learn something about history. Mrs. Love being black rice. Good morning, fellow beautiful smart choppers. Good morning to you. Get to the chopper. And I appreciate that, Ray. Was that Ray who told me that? Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that, Ray. See, that shows that people care. I say it again, man. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not, I'm far from infallible. I ain't trying to be perfect and I ain't trying to act like I am. But the flow is superlative. Uh, Mason Muller writes, morning, Nate and the choppers. Hashtag powerfully authentic. Hashtag one man, one flow, one profile. Hashtag family first or three shot burst. <laughs> okay, I get it. I ain't mad at you. Kush Rice, good morning, Nate of the Choppers with a Z. Get to the Choppers! Cassandra Rice, good morning, Choppers. Good morning to you. Get to the Choppers! Uh, Sister Iris in the house, she writes, good morning, great people. James is in the house, she writes, good morning, everyone. Get to the Choppers. You know what's going to happen when you say choppers. You already know. Brian writes morning. Hey, good morning to you, Brian. Let me jump over to Facebook and say what's up to everybody. Brenda's in the house. On Facebook, she writes good morning. Good morning to you. Angela Nicole is in the house. She writes good morning. Hey, good to see you, Angela. Frenet writes uh, good morning. Good morning. C. Smith is in the house. She writes good morning, Nate, and the choppers. You already know. Get to the choppers. You already know. C. Smith, what's up? Deborah writes good morning. Um, Anthony 
Anthony writes, good morning, Chop Shop. Michael's in the house. He writes, good morning. Hey, Glenn's over on Facebook as well. He writes, good morning, Nate, and Facebook choppers. Solvent to freedom. I like that. Good morning to you. AKA Karamia. She writes, your beard looks good, does it? Okay, I'm going to keep it then. The wifey likes it, so I'll keep it. Sister Iris is on Facebook as well. She writes, good morning, great people. Stacy writes, good morning, everyone. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning to you, Stacy. Clarence writes, good morning, choppers. Just, just roll with it. Every show has its ritual. This is our ritual. Scott writes, morning, choppers. I don't know what to tell you. Good to see you. Derek writes, good morning, everyone. Anybody pay attention to city council yesterday? Man, I agree with Angela, man. They have been quite entertaining. Those budget meetings, the council meetings. I love the energy. All the people down there raising attention for their agendas, for the agenda, for particular issues, hitting the microphone with with Moxie. I love it. Please keep it up. And please keep sharing it, Angela. I love to see it. I watched quite I watched quite a bit of it. There's a huge, big, big old development over in Madisonville. How many people live in Madisonville? You from Madisonville? What do you think about what's happening in Madisonville? Things look different over there. I've driven through Madisonville. Well, I wouldn't say this year so much because COVID, I've been kind of shut in unless it's business or something else. But, you know, within the last couple of years I have, and really early in the year, I went through Madisonville for various reasons. I'm like, wow, this looks different. (laughs) It looks different over here. That's right. White folks are coming. Gentrification is coming. That's right. They got like a $1 million TIF proposal that city council was debating yesterday. But yet, and it's the same age old question. It's the same. We keep having a neighborhood by neighborhood. We keep having the same conversation here when it comes to developers. How much affordable housing is city council going to force the developers to include in new developments? Because I say it again, man, people love Cincinnati. People love Cincinnati has a lot to offer. These young professionals, they love, they come from other cities. Maybe they come from other cities to come to school here. They love the environment, the parks. If you if you got money, right? Cincinnati is that spot. It's that spot. You don't have no children yet. You're looking for a place to raise a family, relatively low expenses, cost of living, relative ease. If you have an automobile to get from A to B. Like I said, you got an automobile in Cincinnati, you can get anywhere. You can get anywhere. Cincinnati is your oyster. It's your playground. Including you can get over to CVG and leave this moment if you want to. Cincinnati has a lot. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who travel to Cincinnati and they love it. They love it. All these new developments. Why do you think these developers are putting this stuff up in every neighborhood? Because there's a market for it. There's a huge market. But over as I'm understanding, and if I'm wrong about something, it's the age-old every, neighborhood by neighborhood is the same conversation. The developers told us it was going to be public, right? Are the developers pulling a fast one out there? I, 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 there are smarter people and more, more experienced people and closer to the issue than I am. I'm just telling you my general impressions from you know watching the live stream yesterday. We keep having these conversations. The real challenge for Cincinnati and for Cincinnati politicians, it's not on how we continue the renaissance. It's how we make sure that everyone gets a chance to enjoy the renaissance that that had been happening in Cincinnati. And COVID-19 came in like, COVID-19 came in like, I don't know, like that scene from Baby Boy. Remember that? With Snoop Dogg when he kicked down his fort? 
Said F your Ford homie and kicked all his little blocks down because it wasn't his son. Crazy. Crazy. That's COVID-19 for you. Uh, Cliff writes, good morning and have a great day. Hey, same to you, Cliff. Thanks for checking out the live stream. Please share this live stream, everybody. I appreciate it. Mrs. Love being black writes, good morning, fellow beautiful people. This is the future. What we're doing right here is the future. The future is now. And see, we were already riding the wave of the future, but COVID-19 just pushed everybody into a space where we already was at. We are. We've been here. C.L. Taylor writes, good morning. Kelly writes, good morning. Hey, good to see you, Kelly and C.L. Taylor. Woody writes, happy risings, brother Nathan and the choppers. Stay blessed. Stay safe, he writes. Absolutely. Let me turn myself down a little bit. Good morning to the notion to the nation that would be born in a day. Okay. EY Nikki, I love that name, writes good morning. Good to see you, EY Nikki. I'm sorry. Yeah, EY Nikki. Charles in the house, Grand Risings, Nate in the Choppers. Have you ever heard of a place called Talia, Texas? I can't say I have, Charles. Why is it significant, brother? Nate got that Cornell West starter, <laughs> starter beard. Yeah, it's weird how my beard grows, right? Like, I haven't dyed it. You know what I'm saying? But it's almost like I dyed it right across this line. I guess just how my genetics are. I just rolled with it. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Omar writes, all right, Nate, get to the Clippers. <laughs> hilarious, man. We're going to go ahead and give you. Let me see if I got the ABs already queued up somewhere. That is hilarious. Get to the Clippers. <laughs> I like that. Well, we'll give you a little success sound. A little success. There it is. Good point. Good flow. Budget and finance meetings are always a show, man. They've been more of a show since uh, post George Floyd because of the, the 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 rebel rousers for the the young activists out there, you know, keeping it entertaining. I hope you keep that energy. Stay down there until we get policy, equity, equity, policy and or tangibles are all three of them. Keep doing it. Plus, it makes it more interesting to watch because before that, it was boring. Let's be honest with you. That shit was boring as a I mean, it's important and all, but I mean, it's so dry. People making these proposals, but seeing young rebels down there, psh, I love it. I love it. Keep it up. David Rice, Green Arisings to you, Nate, and the Choppers. With a whole bunch of S's. Where's my ABs at? Let me see here. We are in Cincinnati, so you know we got to have the ABs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Adrian Broners. You know what I'm saying? Uh, here it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, solvent to freedom rights. Madisonville is a melting pot and is changing for the best. Okay, cool. Cool. Wish Madison. Listen, if you grew up in Madville, great. No longer Madville, right? Just Madisonville. Uh, Mary's in the house. She writes, good morning, fine people. Hey, good to see you. Uh, Sister Iris writes, gentrification is happening in Madisonville. Now, you know, if she's saying it, it must be true. Cause she on BS. You already know that you already know. Uh, it was quite interesting. I mean, that big development. Then I, I hear the same thing every time there's a big development or it seems like nearly every time there's a big development. And if your city council, their interest is to, to do develop these properties that may have been vacant or these particular communities. That's a tough conversation. Can you develop without displacement? The age old question is there must be somewhere in the country where people are doing this. Cincinnati is so fond of going to other cities, right? And coming up with ideas. Why don't we do that? 
There must be somewhere in the country where they're developing without displacing somewhere. Go there and get that info and bring it back here. Uh, Scott writes is turning into Indian Indian Hill adjacent. Uh, it's just amazing how Indian Hill, one of the most affluent neighborhoods in the state, if not the most affluent neighborhood in the state, is right next door to Madisonville, which, you know, parts of it definitely need some development. Put it that way. Uh, Brian Taylor writes, trying to push black people out of Madville, prime locations and real estate in the crosshairs, shaking my damn head. And see, that's where it goes back to. Like I said, if you can afford to buy a house after the development, they can't push you out. And that's why closing the racial wealth gap is so important because then black folks and black families can afford to just live where they want to live like everybody else. Like everybody else. See, Smith writes, I'm a native Cincinnatian. It's all right. I can see how outsiders slash newcomers could be impressed. Right. You know, if you're an outsider, a newcomer, you ain't caught up with the history. You know what I'm saying? You ain't talking, thinking about no old frustrations and no old issues. You're just looking at the parks. You're just enjoying the park. You know what I'm saying? You, you're just enjoying the, the river. Like people come to Cincinnati and they are amazed by the river. Like that's Kentucky. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm all jaded. I'm all jaded, but people come to Cincinnati like, wow, I didn't know that Kentucky was so close. And they're like mystified, right? Like, wow. <laughs> like, like, like David Blaine just did a magic trick on the streets. Like, where do you put the card, right? Yes, Kentucky is across the bridge from Cincinnati, from Ohio. Yes. They're mystified, right? Like, wow, David Blaine. <laughs> no. It's just simple geography. Like, I didn't know that CVG was in Kentucky. That is amazing, right? <laughs> We're like, F Kentucky. Just telling you, just saying. Uh, C. Smith writes, COVID-19 is most, most deaf. <laughs> right. Give a damn about your fort, homie. Oh, that's your fort? Let me see if I can find this on YouTube real quick. <laughs> I should already have this in the archives. That is a hilarious moment in pop culture history. From Baby Boy, which is one of the funniest movies. And also, they made some really interesting points throughout that movie as well. But Snoop was on another one in that movie. Remember that? And he kicked down the little boy's fort like, man, I don't give a damn about your fort, homie. Because he was dating. He was dating um, Tyrese Gibson, remember Tyrese? Tyrese Gibson played baby boy, and him and his baby mama broke up. Who who played the baby mama in that movie? Real quick, she's a big time star now. And then she started dating Snoop, or maybe Snoop wanted to hit it again. They used to date, and he got out of the jail, was staying with her on some sucker ish, and just walked in there and kicked the fort down. Man, it was so wrong. Let me see if I can find this. Oh, okay. That's not it. That's not it. And I only make this point on some level so I can, you know, sort of draw a distinction. I mean, why is this? Not, this is one of the greatest move. Oh, here it is. Here it is. It's one of the greatest scenes of all time. Pop culture history. Water, Kool-Aid, strawberry soda. I'm going to get you some strawberry soda. Nah, this ain't it. This ain't it. What they doing out here, man? One of the greatest scenes of all pop. Yeah, I, forget it. Don't worry about it. 
But I'll just make this point that the relationship that Snoop and Tyrese Gibson, their respective characters and baby boy, they didn't have the same relationship that everybody's talking about right now as it relates to Jason Momoa and Lenny Kravitz. Number one, Lenny Kravitz is a musical genius. Do you listen to Lenny? Lenny got hits. He got hits and he got songs that is not hits that you would just love. So pick up some Lenny Kravitz, man. Shout out to Lenny. And of course, that's Aquaman right there. I put this on the screen for the ladies. And I put it on the screen for the ladies because women and black women just love them some Jason Momoa, don't you? Keep it real with me. You love you some Jason Momoa. You love him. Because he's married to Lisa Bonet. You think it's all right to talk about and all this kind of stuff. But apparently, you know, they made a little bit of a splash because Lenny Kravitz used to be married to Lisa Bonet. We all know Lisa Bonet because she was a Cosby kid. Right. And she was in that movie with Mickey. Was it Mickey O'Rourke? In which she got. Well, we'll just say go back and check it out. Anyway, she so she used to be married to uh, to Lenny Kravitz. I think we were married for like four or five years, many years ago. And she's been dating Jason Momoa. They got a couple of kids together since 2007. And like 10 years after that, they got married. So they're married now. And apparently Lenny and Jason Momoa are friends. Like, wow, they are friends. And it's like, these are the new man goals, right? That, that Twitter is trying to tell everybody and Instagram is trying to tell everybody that we should live up to. And I just say it again. Can we just leave men the F alone? Stop trying to tell us what it means to be a man and what it means to be comfortable. It's always women, right? I went on an Instagram post. So apparently Lenny Kravitz posted a happy birthday to Jason Momoa, who is now married to his ex-wife with the caption, one family, one love or one love, one family. So apparently they're one big happy family. So Lenny and and, and, and Lenny has a, a daughter with her. who they, Their daughter's grown now. He's got a daughter with Lisa Bonet for way back in the day. And then, as I said, Aquaman has two kids with Lisa Bonet. How many women are jealous of her? Stop being jelly. Live your own damn life. And so I'm reading the comments, man. And oh, this is mangoes. And oh, this is this this is an example of two emotionally secure men. And I'm like, women always trying to tell men how to be men. Stay the F T F out of our business. Can't no woman tell a man how to be a man? Go sit your ass down. But this is what we're supposed to live up to now, fellas. Like, if you're not cool with your ex's new boyfriend or husband and you're not a real man, you're not comfortable in yourself. I mean, knock it off, please. Knock it off. Knock it off. And some of these women can't stand each other. But you want to tell men how we supposed to feel about each other. Some of you women can't. You don't have no female friends. You got one female friends because women don't like you. Right. But you want to go on Instagram and go on social media and try to tell us how we're supposed to interact with one another. Stop it. Stop it. Knock it off. And it just bears a question. I mean, could you be close to your ex's new partner? I guess these are the new millennium man goals, fellas. I'm just telling you so you know how to interact throughout the rest of your day and moving forward. These are the new goals that women on social media have now developed for us. Meanwhile, half these women can't stand other women. Can't, I, I, don't, I got nothing but man friends because women don't like me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it before. I've heard it before. I don't I got enough man goals for the new millennium. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't need you telling me how I'm supposed to be a man. Please stop. It don't work that way. 
And, you know, it all depends on how your relationship was. Like, if you had a good relationship with your ex, you're going to be more likely to have, you know, if y'all had an amicable relationship, yeah, you broke up, but you did so amicably, amicably, you're going to be more likely to have an amicable sort of relationship post-divorce. If you couldn't stand that, then more than likely, once you get divorced, you don't want to be around them again, male or female, period. 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 That's it. Male or female, please stop it. Leave men the F alone. Have there ever been, I mean, men are far more scrutinized, far more analyzed than women are. Far more. Far more by our culture. Okay, please stop it. 513-873-7134. As you can see, that's the number on the screen. I'm a couple minutes before we go to a break, but if you want to get a call in, I'm here to receive it. I'm here to receive it this morning, homie. Uh, Smith writes, Kevin Farmer be down, be down stirring things up in the council meetings. He is a very vocal down there. I salute him. Yes, yes, absolutely. Shout out to Kevin Farmer. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Stir it up, homie. Stir it up. I love it. Uh, Clarence writes, if Cincinnati legislators really want to help black people in Cincinnati, then pass a reparations package. The county commissioners has declared city Cincinnati state of emergency for racism that opened up the door for the reparation package that has already been passed in a city in South Carolina and a lot of work to do. Clarence, you and I think alike. You're right. Like, you know what? Listen, I'll tell you when I heard about it. If the county, if the city, if they want to pass these resolutions, because this is like symbolic, really, if they want to pass these symbolic resolutions talking about how racism is a public health crisis, it's up to the public to organize and hold them accountable and make it happen. That's what's up. That's what they're supposed to do. Uh, C. Smith writes, meanwhile, many of our students have never been outside of the greater Cincinnati area. Support services should Include cultural activities and experiences outside of their comfortable of their comfort zone. So much to see and learn outside of Cincinnati. IMHO. I agree with you. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that live in Cincinnati and haven't even seen what Cincinnati has to offer. It's sad, but it's true. Uh, she writes, yes, Aquaman harps. You know, I don't think I got the harps in here anymore. I got to put them back. Packs harps have to put them back the harps if you don't know is uh, i had some harps like the kind of harps that you would hear in your head when you see someone who is in your fantasy file male or female everybody has a fantasy file married or single the fantasy file are people who can get it if you run into them and you get an opportunity if you know what i mean and in a very adult way uh, it was over for career-wise for Lisa Bonet after Angel Heart. Yeah, Angel Heart. That's the movie she did with Mickey O'Rourke in which it has something to do with Satanism and then she has some nude scenes and I guess Bill Cosby hypocrited a damn decade. Now, how the hell are you going to have a problem with Lisa Bonet doing a nude scene in Angel Heart and you out here, Bill Cosby and women, slipping Mickeys and slipping drugs into their drink disrobing them and then sexually assaulting them biggest hypocrite of the decade of the lifetime the hell is wrong with him solvent rice love lenny kravitz kravitz he is so awesome lenny got hits man lenny got great great music a lot of black folks sleep on lenny c smith rice triggered <laughs> that's right <laughs> 
Oh, let me see. I think you should know the cat in the home with your child, Nate. Yeah, nothing wrong with. Yeah, you should know. You should know. It seems like Lenny and uh, Jason Momoa are going way past that. They're like super cool. Like, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, if you want to be cool, if that's the way it shakes out, I mean, having a more amicable relationship is always better than not. But as I was reading the comments, it's the demand in me got a little bit, I don't know, I got a little bit ticked off or triggered, as C. Smith said, when I sent, was reading like just a dozen, hundreds and hundreds of these comments of women. Uh-huh. You go deal with your relationship with women and let the men deal with our relationships with men. Okay? Knock it off. We don't need you telling us a damn thing. Jesse writes, I don't believe it. You don't believe what? You don't believe believe what, Jesse? You don't believe that what? Pill Cosby was drugging women? Uh he admitted it. He admitted it in court. He tried to play it off like, yeah, they was all in on it. Who the hell is in on it? I'll say it again. Pill Cosby admitted it in court that he was drugging women. What you mean you don't believe it? I know it was a plot because he was going to buy NBC. I I forgot the conspiracy to get Pill Cosby. <laughs> he got himself. Okay, he got himself. Good morning to you. What's wrong with having your first love be friends with your lover now? When I became married, my male friends... Wait, wait. When I became married, my male friends became my ex-husband's good friends. Strictly platonic, much love. Uh, Woody writes, can I say F that nonsense? I'm 71, like Aretha Franklin said. Ain't no way. <laughs> Is that right? See, <laughs> Smith writes, that's false, Nathan. Black women are scrutinized and criticized plenty. Let's not compare struggles, please. No, I'm going to compare the struggles. Black men are the over-scrutinized, the most over-scrutinized. I'm talking about women as well. Black women pile on with our larger society as well when it comes to black men. Telling us how to be a man, what it means to be a man, how to be. A- no, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Um, you see, Renee Rice, did you say Pill Cosby? Yes, I did, Renee. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. Pill Cosby. Hey, listen, folks, I gotta take a break. I'll leave my number up there on the screen if you want to call in this morning and share your thoughts. When we come back, though, I want to give you the details about uh CPS. And they're reopening. Matter of fact, I'll tell you right now, you can think about it. We can discuss on the other side a bit. Cincinnati Public Schools has delayed the start of in-person classes for about five weeks. And they've decided that in-class learning is going to start on September 28th with some caveats. And we'll talk about those caveats when I come back. All right. It's not open and shut. And again, uh, I'm going to have a conversation myself along with Donnie B., We're doing a specially timed show tomorrow at 12 noon. That's midday. So I want you to check it out. All right. When you see it on Facebook and social media, please like and share it. And we're scheduled to speak with the superintendent, Laura Mitchell, at 1230 p.m. That's tomorrow. You don't want to miss that conversation, especially if you're someone who has a, a child and or you're a teacher or you work in the schools or an administrator. You want to hear that conversation. And I want to hear your questions and comments as well. So with that, we'll take our first break again. Five, one, three. 873-7134. This is the last honest place in Cincinnati media. It's the Nathan Ivey show and I'll be right back.
Bloomberg Black Business Report. I'm Joan Doniger. The world of finance has been a lonely place for black Americans, even those with degrees from the best schools. For years, the finance industry shut black people out of its banking partnerships, trading floors, and executive suites. Wall Street, you know, is a closed society, and you know, it's a meritocracy and it's very hard to get in and stay in. Reggie Brown, now a principal at GTS, became the first black exchange official back in the 90s. I sat in the members' lounge and a 90-year-old member of the exchange didn't believe I belonged there and cleared his throat and told me to go. Now he says there are more people of color to speak freely on Wall Street and that, he says, plus the fact that so many have been working from home during the pandemic has allowed us to focus. Seeing George Floyd being murdered by a white cop with his hands in his pocket, you know, it's just morally reprehensible. Bloomberg Business Week is looking at what it's like to be black on Wall Street. That's your Bloomberg Black Business Report. I'm Joan Doniger. Are you interested in medical coding but not sure where to start and scared of wasting time and resources? Let me help you with the right steps to become a certified marketable medical coder. Learn more at bit.ly slash five steps coder. The Nathan Ivey Show is supported by listeners. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Nathan Ivey Show and help Nathan keep the show independent. There are a few times in life to make history. Hamilton County was founded 230 years ago, but has never elected a black county treasurer. It's time for change. Elect a proven, trusted, experienced candidate for Hamilton County treasurer, Charlie Winburn. We know Charlie, and he knows us. Charlie Winburn was the former chairman of the Jobs and Growth Committee on Cincinnati City Council under the Honorable Democrat Mayor Mark Mallory. Winburn led the fight to keep 2,000 U.S. postal jobs in Cincinnati. He also fought for wage increases for thousands of city employees, especially our sanitation workers. Charlie Winburn will safeguard more than $1.4 billion in real estate taxes and will increase new home ownership and new jobs. On Tuesday, November 3rd, vote Charlie Winburn for Hamilton County Treasurer. Let's make history together. I am Charlie Winburn, and I'm asking you for your vote, paid for by friends of Charlie Winburn. This is Zoe Wesson. What side of history do you want to be on? The right side, or one where black people continue to be underrepresented in Hamilton County? Now's your chance to end 230 years of exclusion. In Charlie Winburn, we have a man that's received the Cincinnati NAACP President's Award who fought on the Ohio Civil Rights Commission for six years, who received the Baptist Minister's Conference Community Service Award. Charlie Winburn has received the Southern Christian Leadership Conference Award and was honored by WDBZ The Buzz as Pastor of the Month. We know Charlie Winburn, and he knows us. He's the right man to put us on the right side of history. On Tuesday, November 3rd, vote for Charlie Winburn for Hamilton County Treasurer. I am Charlie Winburn, and I'm asking you for your vote on Tuesday, November the 3rd, paid for by friends of Charlie Winburn. Hello, I'm Charlie Winburn with Renew Community Church. It seems like the coronavirus came from nowhere. I have some good news that if you never, never quit and don't give up out of nowhere, the way will be made for you and your family. Take your life back. Join Renew Community Church each Sunday, 
11.45 a.m. on Facebook Live. Facebook.com slash Cincy Renew. Rewrite your life while at home. Join Renew Community Church for the 12-week Rewrite.me series each Sunday on Facebook Live. Renew your life at home. Go to SundayConnectCircle.org for a free 12-week 200-page PDF. Take your power back. Rewrite your life. Join Renew Community Church each Sunday at 11.45 a.m. on Facebook Live. Facebook.com, C-I-N-C-I Renew. I am Charlie Winburn, and remember, out of nowhere, the way will be made for you and your family. People are always talking about the stock market, always looking to invest in a good opportunity, something with the potential to grow. So what if you could invest in the future, the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock where you invest to make money, but a stock for a social change. A whole new kind of investment called Better Futures. When you invest, it helps students like me go to college, which ends up making the future better for everybody. I could be the first college graduate in my family, the first district attorney from my neighborhood. And if I'm the first, then maybe there will be a second and a third. This can really be the start of something. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. You're listening to The Nathan Ivey Show. One man, one microphone, one mission. Now let's get back to the flow. And we're back. Thank you for staying. Currently 8.41 a.m. in the Queen City. I'm Nathan Ivey, your humble host. One man, one microphone, you one mission. You already know. And uh, let's get back to it, family. 513-873-7134. If you should decide to share your thoughts this morning, I would love to hear them. Good morning to you. All right. Now, before the break, we were talking about uh, CPS's new plans. Let me put it back on the screen here. For folks who don't know CPS just yesterday, and uh, we are a family that has two children that in the fall will be attending Cincinnati Public Schools. My daughter, medium Buddha, previously little Buddha, who's now a teenager, every bit of teenager. Y'all was right. Y'all was right what y'all said about teenagers, but I love her dearly, despite all of that. (laughs) She is in the 10th grade, and my son, Junior, is uh, going into kindergarten so i want to talk about some of the details but again really it's a conversation that i'm not gonna go super hard with because i'm scheduled to speak with the superintendent along with my homegirl donnie b tomorrow he is adjust me podcast and nathan ivy show teaming up for a very special joint live stream tomorrow at 12 noon that's wednesday tomorrow at 12 noon and uh, this is an invitation for you to check it out and if you're busy during the day okay great it'll be It'll be up on Facebook, up on Sin Digital Media, on Facebook, on my personal page, and hers as well. And you can check it out uh, whenever you decide to. Whenever you decide to. But CPS schools are delaying the start of in-person classes because of COVID-19. They're going to take a wait-and-see approach. So in five weeks, in between now and five weeks, working in partnership with local health professionals, the Cincinnati Public Schools are going to try to make the best decision per the moment. So 
you know, if near September 28th or around September 28th, Hamilton County is still in the red, then uh, perhaps they will decide to delay the start of in-person schooling once again. And yesterday, the superintendent on the uh, live stream talked about numerous things, including a partnership with local health professionals and how they are working with these local health professionals, asking all of the questions and trying to people keep people as safe as possible. Uh, all students will be issued uh, devices, laptops, so that they can uh, do the digital learning piece, even the kindergartners, as I understand it. But there's still questions out there and a lot of concern as well. Some might ask, well, hell, why, why delay it five weeks? Why don't you just say we're going to do it for the whole quarter? I don't know. Are there forces at work? And who are these forces at work that might be exerting pressure uh, on the school system, on the superintendent to force the schools to not force, but to encourage the schools to reopen as quickly as possible? What are the politics? Is there money to be made or lost? What is your opinion? I do know there was a big public protest in the parking lot of Marison Academy. And those are the offices of the Cincinnati Public Schools. And um, I know the building is named after Mary Rowan, and that's great. And um, I wasn't able to attend yesterday, but I did get a chance to watch it on live streams on Facebook. Shout out to the Cincinnati Herald. I was watching their live stream yesterday. So I want to get your thoughts or any any preliminary thoughts that you have about this plan? Does it give you more confidence? Um, I think that, you know, just off the top of my head and, and just my initial thoughts was, you know, I'm kind of relieved. I'm not kind of, I'm relieved in a sense that I think it's the best thing to do. You know, I was on the fence leaning toward a little medium Buddha going, but in the last couple of weeks, uh, my opinion has changed just because all this nonsense about how kids can't, Get and carry COVID is just not true. We know not to be true. There's too many examples across the nation, most notably and most recently from Georgia, the campsite where <laughs> they thought they were doing everything right and they were spreading COVID-19. So we shall see. Do you suspect that the children, the students will return to in-class uh, schooling, in-class learning this year? Or will it kind of be they keep extending the deadline, extending it and extending it. We'll wait and see. So they gave them some room to, to be flexible, some wiggle room there. And we shall see uh, to the chagrin of my daughter. She is all, you know, she, the, the, this whole social isolation thing for her is not been good. I've never heard a child say she wants to go to school so much. And, uh, but you know, she had to accept it. We've been preparing her. I've been telling her, like, look, you may not be going to school now. Let you know. Oh, dad, dad, dad. She wants to dad me. Listen, you ain't going to school. You're going to be up on your computer. Get ready for it. So when it actually happened, I think she we had already prepared her. I had already prepared her for that. So similarly, I've been preparing them in terms of making sure that I'm building up their immune system as naturally as possible. You can't do that. Food heals you. Food heals you if you're re eating the right foods, Right. If you're eating correctly, if you have the proper relationship with food, food can heal you. You can build up your immune system by eating the right yogurt, by eating the right fruits and vegetables, by staying away from certain foods. So I've been primarily focusing on that all summer. So they naturally have a stronger immune system to deal with COVID-19 or whatever else. Personally, I, I'm going to say this right now. You can agree or disagree, family. You tell me what you think. But personally, I'd be like, I feel like we're going to be wearing masks on some levels for the rest of our lifetimes. Agree or disagree? 513 873 7134. You're going to be wearing a mask 
on some levels for the rest of your lifetime. Get ready for it. Get ready for it for the rest of your lifetime. Agree or disagree with that statement. I like to get your thoughts. You tell me. Uh, Solvent to Freedom is on on uh, YouTube. She writes, uh, contrary to some people's belief, most people do conduct themselves as adults moving forward with mature minds. True. That's true. So maybe that's what this is. This is an example of mature minds, huh? See, again, it's once again, tell a man what maturity is. Okay. But what do you think? You know, Lenny Kravitz, this is a lesser topic, a lesser of importance is not going to change the world. But I mean, you know, in the world of social order and relationships, we can get into it. You hear that? That's the sound of a caller calling in this morning. Put you straight on the line. What do they think? What do they want to talk about? We'll find out together. Uh, good morning, caller. Welcome to the show. Morning, Nathan. It's Kev on the Hey, what up, Kev? I want to say you sound very low, Kev. Uh, that's me talking. Solid. Okay. There um, it is, brother. <laughs> um, you actually so, sound good. No, Sounds good. I, I don't. I don't. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, it's good to be heard, especially in the in the era of COVID. Um, but I don't think we'll be wearing masks for the rest of our lives. I don't think that at all. I think, you know, there's this thing that's been uh, worried about, right? And and to be honest, it's it's by the, as, as Drop would say, the first orange president uh, about this being unprecedented. No, it's not. No, it's not. And And what makes it so bad is not only is it not unprecedented, the reaction that we're having currently looks very similar to the last reaction that I saw when I looked it up, and that was the 1918 uh, Spanish flu pandemic. Um, people in masks. Surprisingly, this is not new. There were people in masks. There were people in masks, and there were people being told to socially distance. A hundred years ago, they said the best thing for you to do is to socially distance. Now. Nathan, I'm going to ask you a question. Prior to this event, were you wearing a mask? I'm sorry, brother. I had myself no. muted. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay. So 100 years ago, the same thing happened. But prior to this event, you were not wearing a mask. So the question then I have for you is, if, if you weren't wearing a mask, why not? Because the nuance of what happened of, of the of the situation went away over time, which is the same thing that's going to happen now. We're in a we're in a uh, we're having an event. This is an event, just like many of the other events that happened throughout history, right? And after those events, yes, there'll be a, a difference maybe in in how people um, communicate, act. Uh, you know, all of that. But to, to, to think like, well, you know, this event has now changed everything going forward, I don't think that's true. I think it might be true for some. I won't be one of them. If 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 there's a, um, what, I don't know if you want to call it a cure, because I've never heard of cures for, uh, for viruses. Generally, we learn how to adapt and, and to live with them. Um, there's really that I know of not been any cures for any viruses pretty much ever. Uh, there have been vaccinations. Uh, you know, I got my vaccination for 
chicken pox and for measles and for mumps and rubella and all of those other viruses, right? Um, but I never wore a mask. So, you know, they folks are getting uh, shots for the flu and have been for a long time, but we weren't wearing masks. So I, I don't... I don't think that it's going to be a forever thing. I think it's a for now thing. Now, for now, it is very important to wear a mask and to socially distance until they come up with a vaccination for the current situation. But as far as it just being like an ongoing forever thing, no. Now, with that being said, I have a sneaking suspicion that my brother, who has told me or who has said to everyone on several occasions that, He's kind of a germaphobe anyway, and he's a little OCD about it. He's going to say, I'm wearing a mask, <laughs> and I won't have any problem with that uh, because I don't see any problem in continuing to keep yourself safe. But I don't think that it's, uh, it's a forever thing. Hmm. Yeah, I think that wearing a mask is the new normal. That's what I think. Like even when COVID-19, let's say they get a vaccination, I think that a significant percentage of the population will be masking up for the rest of our lifetimes because they're not going to trust it. We're more paranoid, more sensitive and, you know, physically speaking, weaker than we've ever been before. Right. As American people. And I think the reaction to it is going to be the that masks are the new normal. You know, Michael tried to tell us back in the 80s. Michael Jackson was masking up in the 80s and 90s. People thought it was crazy. And I think I think that's what we're going to see. But that was because of vitiligo. It doesn't count. We don't even know what caused vitiligo other than that surgeon. But uh, we don't know what caused vitiligo to happen to Michael. They'll say he was whitening his skin. But we don't know <laughs> why, why Michael. Mike was, you know what, though? In a way, I kind of agree with you because really what Mike was doing was his his, it looked to me as though his immune system, probably from all of the surgeries that he had and stuff like that going on, uh, may have been compromised. So maybe he did do that. I mean, again, you know, I again, I won't be one of them. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I hate wearing that thing. I, you know, for the most part, if I go into a store, if I'm around folk, I'm putting a mask on because, um, and and. and I don't want to sound altruistic or anything like that, but it's more about saving other people than saving me and making sure that other people are comfortable doing whatever they have to do. I got this thing about all these people that are like, yeah, I'm young, and so I'm not going to die, so you should stay in the house. Yeah, that's stupid. That's not – it's unfeeling, it's uncaring, and it's just pretty much stupid that because you want to go do whatever it is that you want to do, and quite frankly, put yourself at risk and everybody else at risk uh, that you think other people, elderly people and, and, and those who may have some opportunities should stay in their homes. Now, how about you put on a mask and then you protect the other person that's protecting you, right? But when I'm out on the street, walking down the street, and I'm not wearing no mask. If I'm in my car, the dumbest thing in the world that I have seen, I'm sorry, man, but this is just stupid I, in a way. I, I guess I shouldn't be so judgmental, but I am. Uh, it's people driving down the street in a car by themselves with a mask on. Who are you going to infect? You, you're not going to infect yourself. They're worried about, you so know, they, so, they're worried about the air that's coming through their car. And maybe they got their AC on. And so it's sucking in the air from outside. They just want to be extra careful. What's wrong being extra careful? 
There ain't nothing wrong with being extra careful. It's still dumb, but there ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> like I it's, said, man. It's like putting on a condom uh, what, when you first go out at night. You don't got no prospects. You're just wearing a condom <laughs> underneath your clothes just in case. It's kind of like that, huh? <laughs> well, it's worse than that. It's worse than that because it's more like putting on a condom and going outside. And not only do you have no prospects, but don't nobody want you. So you <laughs> You ain't getting lucky this evening. It's a wrap. You might as well just gone back in the house. But, uh, <laughs> but no, so look, you know, uh, common sense, right? That's, you know, everyone says, you know, common sense isn't very common anymore. You know what I mean? And so uh, common sense is all I'm looking for, man. Look, you know, like I said, we're in the middle of an event, you know, and it is an event. And, you know, for people to make it seem like it's not important or, uh, you know, it's just going to, or, as a, 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 famous, a famous guy once said, you know, it's only 15 cases and it's just going to go away. That's not life, man. You know, we're, we're talking about an organism that is seeking to live. So, yes, you should have a common sense approach to this thing and say, hey, in the middle of this event, while there is no, uh, uh, there, there's no, uh, um, I, I hate saying cure because I don't think it's a cure, but while there's uh, no vaccine, right? You should be more careful, right? And and you should you should take the steps that many people who, quite frankly, know better than me. I don't I don't I don't uh, look into uh, causes of ailments for a living. That's not what I do. I don't do that for a living. Uh, so I'm not going to sit around and tell you that I know more than the CDC or the WHO. That's stupid. That's crazy. How would I know that? I took ninth grade biology and I struggled. So <laughs> I took it in the eighth grade though. But uh, but but I struggled through it. So I'm not about to sit around and tell you I know how every organism acts and everything like that. But again, you know, it's it's just common sense, man. And it's really just for now. Um, you know, definitely be careful. You know, mask up if you're around folk. Um, I don't know that you can infect yourself in a car. So you know, wear it, don't wear it. That's up to you. I, I'm not going to do that. Um, but but to think that this is like ongoing and forever, no. Now, I did want to bring up one other thing, man, your, your, your favorite. Go ahead. I know this is kind of off topic, so I'll be quick with it. Uh, your, your, you know, your favorite, uh, your, your favorite incumbent. <laughs> That's my new one. <laughs> the favorite incumbent, right, is, is really pushing this whole, uh, you know, uh, the vote is going to be, rigged and all this and that so i was listening down the dial and and anyone that's in the talk radio kind of knows what down the dial means and i'm not going to say what down the dial means because i'm not giving any credence to down the dial right now i just i don't want to do it but anyway i was listening to down the dial right and uh there the guy's on there and he says uh yeah you know because uh all of these things happened in california in california there was 112 percent of the possible electorate um, that that voted, and they had people that were there that were voting, and this, this, and that. But what got me, and what was hilarious, is he said all this stuff about potential voter fraud, and then at the end, because it's, it's funny that you know those who I consider the opposition, um, because we we need a change in administrations, right? Those who I consider, <laughs> those who I consider the opposition tip their hand to each other like we will never tune in on their radio waves. It is hilarious. I'm listening and I'm like, wow, just going to put that out there. And the guy says, 
flat out. Yeah, you know, because the Republicans definitely want to make sure that the Democrats are less likely to show up at the polls. And, uh, you know, this this voting uh, being open to everyone is going to uh, increase the likelihood that Democrats who wouldn't normally vote, that have the right to vote, by the way, will now vote. And I mean, said it like what? Nobody listening. I just find that incredulous, man. It is amazing what folks will say when they think they're only talking to each other. Yeah, I've heard a lot of irresponsible things on that particular station. And you're right. They play to their core audience. They don't really care. They know where their bread is buttered, and that's who they play to. I've heard some of the most amazing things. It's like straight from Trump's mouth to the announcer's mouth and straight to the airwaves. No filter. No filter. What, the, what man? <laughs> It's like it's like you know it's like you know when when uh when that guy you just named notice I ain't said his name I'm not giving him he gets no publicity bro none I'm telling you the the the, the current administration is the best you're gonna get from me you hear me I'm not trying to say the orange dude's name at all period I don't want that to be in your mind when you go into the into the into the booth or, you know or however you do it if you at the house and, and, and ticking off your boxes. I don't want you to think about that. Not at all. He gets no, they say that, uh, they say that, what is it, um, down the dial, right? Uh, so I used to be in advertising a little bit. And they say that down the dial, just before uh, the um, the, uh, the polls that they take, I can't remember the name of it right now. It just, it just escaped me. For, uh, the, for the stations, right, for the radio stations, they start putting out these, these, um, these billboards, crazy billboards, right? Mm-hmm. That get the name of that of that organization in your mind. So when you start filling out the form, that's the first thing you think about. So I encourage everybody who is not necessarily for the current administration, and I know there's one person in particular that definitely will not follow this. If you want to find out who who the uh, the wolf is in the hen house, just listen to the person that says the current the person from the current administration's name. More than ever, especially since I said this, he's probably listening right now and, you know, uh, smoking weed while he's walking. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, so they, they say, you know, they say that they, they put out these, these uh, billboards and these ads that make it stick in your mind um, so that when you're actually checking off the boxes, that's the only thing you think about is that person. And so you. I guess it's an it's a uh, automatic response that you check that box for that for that group, right? So if you are, as I am, um, looking for an administration change, um, don't say the name of that guy. Let's just get it out of the mind. You, you put your mind on anything else. I don't hmm. care. I'm not sure it's gonna work. Mind, just anything else. I hear you. Are you talking about that's your marketing strategy? I mean, I, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Man. I'm not sure how impactful that'll really be, though, brother. I got to be honest with you. We know who he is. Hey, look. But that's the that's the even that's the that's the most nefarious part of the whole thing. To know who he is and not say his name, boy. Think about what that would do to him. You know how egotistical he is, man. Oh my God. Yeah. They're not talking about me. <laughs> you mean they're not? They're not talking about me. We gotta do something to make them talk about me. I'm going to tweet something stupid in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at that. Hey, brother, I appreciate the call, man. Hey, I appreciate the time, mate. Hey, yep. thanks, uh, uh, thanks for all you do, bro. Yep, Good take luck. it easy. That's Kev on the sale, man. I think he's not a Trump supporter. 
I don't think he's a Trump supporter. You saw my son came in. He don't give a damn if anybody's on it. He don't know. He like, you see my, his, his little toy? What do you want me to do? Say no? Uh, Anthony writes, two teens in Florida have just died from COVID, Nate. Yeah. CL writes, she will be medium forever because you cannot call a young lady big anything. That's hilarious. <laughs> Mary writes, uh, Nathan, I think these numbers are at risk as well. It is the high school sports that are now playing with contact. Yeah, all that's over with. And I'm like, damn, I mean, it is what it is. A little bit of being, you know, outside your comfort zone. Everybody want to lose their minds now. You know, people getting shot in disputes over hamburgers and chicken burgers at these fast food restaurant places. People losing their minds because they can't do what they think they want to do. You'll be okay. I think you should always make the best decision in terms of what's best in terms of health. Everything else will work itself out. Don't put these students at risk. Don't put the, the families of the students at risk. Don't put the teachers at risk. Don't put the administrators at risk and all the all the folks that work in the building. Don't put them at risk. Assessor writes, I don't think they will attend. I agree. CPS will keep extending the deadline. Well, you know, it's, a, it's actually a clever strategy in the sense that they have flexibility. OK, and it makes sense. You know, we're going to wait and see if it's safe, then we'll reopen the schools. If it's not safe, then we won't. But there's still there's still a lot of question marks in that. So let's say, see, people, we, we can't look at this the way we look at other things. People keep looking at COVID-19 like, well, when numbers go down, it's safe. No, it's not. Because when people start congregating and, and, and meeting up and going to different, different things, opening up the schools, that can be an incubator for COVID-19 and then it can spike again. Like, the reality is, is that reality, I'm talking about across the board, not just CPS. We need to wait until the fl- the fire is down. Like, we keep pay- playing games with COVID-19. Like, imagine COVID-19 is like a fire. We would never do this with a fire, right? This is what we keep doing with COVID-19. It's a great analogy, at least in my head, I think it is. Tell me if I'm wrong or not. But, like, if your house was on fire, you would not go back into the house until the fire was all the way out completely extinguished you wouldn't say you know what i think we got the fire contained to just the kitchen it's okay to go back in the house and that's what we keep doing with COVID 19 like oh man the whole top floor is on blaze they put the fire down oh now just it's just in the kitchen so we can go back in no no and it's, it's like we don't want to deal with the realities of what COVID-19 has presented, the challenges has presented. It's like a burning house. Your house is on fire. You wouldn't run back in and start living your life and watching TV and say, oh, well, the fire is just in the basement. It's not that bad. It's only um, we'll give it a we'll color code it. Like purple is just the whole every room inside the house is ablaze. Red is like 85% of the house is ablaze. Orange is 50% of the house is ablaze, right? Yellow is only 25%. So when only 25% of the house is ablaze, set a fire, it's okay to go back in and go to sleep taking that. It don't make no sense. But that's just me. What do you think? 513-873-7134. It's like, oh, well, you just got a small fire in the back bedroom. Go back in there. You'll be cool. You would never do it. 
But that's what we keep trying to do with COVID-19. Instead of eradicating it, completely extinguishing it, completely getting a handle on it, then going back to life as normal. But we, as Americans, we don't want to do that because the money's going to get in the way and we want to do what we want to do. We think we can control everything. We think that we can control everything. We got it licked. What is the damn difference between purple and orange with this goofy Ohio color-coded emergency system and we're talking about a communicable disease? What's the difference? Very little. It's very little difference. But uh, what do you think? 513-873-7134 if you'd like to share your thoughts. Let me go straight to the phones and say good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Mr. Ivy. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent, man. Welcome to the show. Drop. Well, thank you for having me, Mr. Ivy. Uh, For anybody that don't know, this is Drop Squad 52. The Nathan Ivy Show Westside Connection out here in California. And that last caller, Kev on a sale with that dumbass idea (laughs) of not saying Donald Trump. Nate, that was some, Nate, come on. You even said that was stupid. But anyway. That's not what I said. Enough about. Well, okay. That may be what you heard. That's not what I said. Yeah, I know. I I just tried to do one of your tactics back on you. I know that ain't what you said. Oh, really? Is that that my tactic? Yeah. Yeah, that's your tactic. Yeah, 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 yeah. You said, uh, I'm sorry, brother, but I don't think that'll work. I think those were your words. Right. Okay, all right. But anyway, sir, you know my history on Twitter. Do you not? I'm I'm aware of it, yeah. In particular, what are we talking about? You know, I am a habitual offender. I have been suspended numerous times for multiple amounts of time. Well, Mr. Ivy, I was going back and forth with Lenny, a.k.a. Mr. Cleosis, a.k.a. the Chop Shop Overseer, Glenn from Mason on Twitter. So I was using one of these new tactics that I just figured out a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Where what I would do, I would go on Twitter trending and take every single trending hashtag and put it with all of my videos and posts. Okay. Because so, mostly everything I everything I do is video, right? Right. So um, some of the stuff I was posting, they, I was getting four or 500 views, a couple of thousand impressions. So I'm like, ha-ha, I'm on to something, right? Right. So the fact that I tweet the type of things that I tweet um, and the reason for me being flagged and suspended on multiple occasions, I get the notice, and I will read it to you if you will allow me. Sure. It says, hello, hello, your account was suspended because we found that it was in violation of Twitter rules. This includes any of the following. Now, this is the one that I was guilty of, and I'm not going to read all of them, but it is one, two, three, four. It is actually four things that get your account suspended, and this is the one that suspended my account. It says, using a trending or popular hashtag with an intent to subvert or manipulate a conversation 
or to drive traffic or attention to accounts, websites, products, services, or initiatives. Tweeting with excessive unrelated hashtags in a single tweet or across multiple tweets, posting identical or substantially similar hashtags from multiple accounts you operate. Now, obviously, I don't have multiple accounts unless you use, unless you include Instagram and Facebook. But anyway, Mr. Ivy, I did not know that that was violating the rule. And to me, I think a lot of people don't know that hmm. because you know some of the famous people, including the president of the United States, who have had issues with Twitter, and the most recent has been the hydroxychloroquine video of the doctors on the steps of the Supreme Court. Now, I was hitting that hard with my newfound technique of taking all these trending hashtags. So, again, Mr. Ivy, social media, like you said, it's booming. And that dumb statement that Kev on the cell made about him hearing something on public radio that somehow the people on public radio don't know that everybody's listening. Um, it, 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 it just goes to show you the power of social media now and how someone like me that only has, uh, I average around 400, 450 uh, followers consistently that I can have an impact on a few hundred black Twitter users who see my posts that are anti-Democrat, not necessarily pro-Trump, but anti-Democrat. And a lot of young black Democrats are on social media. And that is the biggest problem that the Democrats are having right now. But my account probably will be, uh, unlocked or I'll be off suspension probably uh, in a couple of days. But I just wanted to put that out there. Now, the, well, at least the you got a notice, man. At least you got a notice because my, my account got locked on Instagram. I don't know why. They don't send you a notice or anything. I just uh -huh. can't post anything, can't share anything, can't like anything. So I'm about to kick off okay. a new. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Somehow I got reported or something. I got my suspicions yeah, about what, what it might have. Yeah, I got my suspicions <laughs> because I don't really post anything that's offensive and I don't really post too much on other people's stuff. You know, I'll like something here or there. So I got my suspicions about, you know, what's okay. behind it. But at least you got to notice because I was just on there trying okay, to like like my wife's photograph. I'm like, wait a minute. I, wait a minute. I'm trying to like some photographs. They're telling me I'm blocked. I'm like, how am I blocked? And it's been that way for a month okay. now. So I guess I'm blocked permanently. No, no, this is, this, is, this is the information that I can give you. Okay. Now, because like I told you, I'm a, a, a habitual offender. Okay. In the early stages, right, they will, they will tell you specifically. They, will, they would show the actual tweet that was in question, and they would tell me to go get rid of it, right? So I would go get rid of it. Account is back open again. But when I started expanding with my videos and taking the editing, and doing the voiceover and all that stuff, then I started getting these copyright hits, okay? And they would tell me specifically. So what was happening, I was building up a history. So this time, they just, just shut down the account. It says suspended. So what I had to do, I had to go into, like, tech support and type in 
why, why my account was suspended, because that'll be one of the things that you can pick. And then once you pick that, you got to give all your information, and then they will send you, at least this is what they did on Twitter. They sent me this, uh, this uh, uh, tweet this morning or email this morning with the clear explanation of what exactly got me suspended this time. Because yeah, I, I had no idea. I think Twitter's different, man. On Instagram, they just shut you down and you don't have no idea. I've reached out to their so-called support apparatus and had heard anything uh-huh. back. So who but knows, you know man. who owns Instagram, right? You know who owns Instagram, right? Yeah, Facebook. Right. So mm-hmm. it's connected through your Facebook account. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some issues with my, so, Facebook, I, with my Facebook account and my right. NathanIV.com as well. Like, again, I got my suspicions. It's either or, you know, the culprits behind it, but these are minor right. issues. Nothing stops the train. Nothing stops the yeah. machine. These are minor issues. But 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 I think I think what they do, Nate, they will send that notice like they sent me because they don't want you to come back. They don't want you to try to find out. They just want your, your site to just lay dormant. Mm-hmm. Now, you can still go on Twitter. You can look and everything, but you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So... It took me a couple of days to dig deep and actually go to the help section because I thought I was going to get blocked like I had previous when I was trying to find out why I was suspended. You deserve to be blocked, by the I way. Mean, I'm but, glad you're blocked on Twitter, especially for that but, Tamaya but, but, 69 but again, thing you is, put is it up. Because of, is, it, is it because of people like Kev on the cell, yep. Lenny, mm-hmm. Mr. Cleophis, mm-hmm. who don't want a black voice, an alternative to the Democrat Party, which most black people are part of. Why are why are our voices so threatening, Mr. Ivy? You, you should have been I, I no, no, no not for that. that. You should have been blocked for that post you put up about Tamaya Denard alone. Mr. <laughs> Ivy, you approved it. I'm joking. I'm joking with you. Oh, okay. I'm joking with you. <laughs> I'm just Boy, messing I'll with tell you. you, Mr. Ivy. I was I was tempted. You was about to, to get triggered. I heard up, it. But I said, but I said I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. But Mr. Ivy. The real reason I called, right, of course, I wanted to tell you about the Twitter suspension, but the reason I called is, are you aware that uh, Basement Biden, the hands-on candidate, has postponed his (laughs) VP selection? You are hilarious. Basement Biden, the hands-on candidate. I am aware about that. I am aware of that, should I say. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay, now... Now, some of the headlines, Mr. Ivey, don't look well for the desperate Democrats, and they are a mess. And it's becoming quite apparent because some of the headlines are, why is he bringing in all of these progressive, far-left-wing, light-skinned females from California and and pushed aside the dark-skinned sisters, Val Demings, and Stacey Abrams, Karen Bass, Karen Bass came from out of nowhere, California liberal who supports communism and uh, Susan Rice. Wait, wait, she supports communism. Oh, she's pro Castro all day. Um, I, I got, hey, send me a really link, you man. You don't know about California, California Be, representative. Being, being pro Castro don't make you a communist per se. I, I need to understand what her background is and her, her philosophical stance, her ideology. Okay, okay, I, okay. I'll break it down like this. It does if you're trying to win Florida. How the hell is Joe Biden going to have on his ticket Karen Bass? 
and expect to win Florida. Are you that, that can present that, a challenge or two. How you think? How you think Ron DeSantis beat? Uh, uh, the the reformed gay man, alcoholic, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Gillum. that ain't my vomit, Gillum. Yeah, uh, that ain't my no, vomit. Didn't. No, I you was didn't. just resting. I was resting my eyes. He actually released a video maybe about two or three weeks ago, and it was oh, on my list of things hostage. to talk about. Talk about hostage, baby. Yeah, he... He he, he he tried to Man. explain the whole situation. He said that basically and he was uh, he said basically he was uh, he said basically losing to DeSantis or DeSantos had more of an impact on him than he thought it was going to be. Basically, and I'm thinking to myself, really, what in the hell does that have to do with these male gigolos you had in your your what the hell in the drugs? <laughs> I can see maybe you're going to drink and maybe you hit your cigars, your cigar or something, but the male gigolos, the male prostitutes, come on, B. We ain't buying that. You ain't seen. Did you see the video, <laughs> Mr. Ivy? You know me. I saw it. I was trying to post it on Twitter, but the, the, sometimes they want some links you can't you can't repost and stuff. And he he it wasn't anywhere. They didn't play it on CNN, MSNBC. You're right. It wasn't on. It wasn't on the route. It wasn't on the Grio uh, readout. Politics Nation. Well, it's on now. This news. Uh, rolling, rolling it's on now. Martin. This news. Nobody. Huh? It's on now. This news. Nate, come on. That, that's huh. that's tied to one of the other ones. I can't think of who it is. What? I think there was uh, Vice. Their group that came from Vice News. Oh, okay. And all they do is is just. I mean, it, yeah. But anyway, I like they work. Uh, I like what they do. Yeah, I know. So uh, back to what I was saying about the postponement of the VP pick. And it's because Kamala Harris and Karen Bass and Susan Rice, Joe Biden is is starting to worry if these polls are correct because the numbers for Trump are starting to change. The trajectory is starting to change. So, where they, where they do that at? What numbers? The last numbers I read is that in battleground states, in swing states, Biden's up on Trump. What numbers you reading? I'm looking at the real clear politics average of polls for Donald Trump's job approval and disapproval rating. That's what I look at. Okay. That's where I look at. Okay. Because, yeah, and right now, I think he's at... 43.8 or 9 or he's he's almost at 44% and he's 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 going upward not down and you look at all the average of polls in July all of July almost all of those polls he was 40% or higher i think Rasmussen was the highest one at uh 51% a couple of days ago cuz they do a poll every week of 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 not registered voters of likely voters. I don't trust Mas- Rasmussen. I'm just going to be honest with you. I know you don't. I don't trust him. I know you don't. I know you don't. I don't think they're credible. That's why I say real clear politics is the average. Okay? The high Rasmussen poll can only put Donald Trump up so much if he's got 20 other polls where he's under 40. But I'm telling you now, the numbers are starting to change, so maybe that's why Why would the numbers Joe change Biden now? I mean, what what has he done to make the numbers change? He just gave an absolutely horrible interview with Axios 
Did you see that interview with Axios? Whatever. Yes. And what he was your impression of the guy you voted on? So, okay. Again, Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Oh, uh, here we go. The fact is, okay, Mr. Ivy, the fact is the man is giving interviews. I keep telling you one of their tactics is to drive basement Biden above ground. And that's why I think is one of the reasons that they're pushing back the VP pick because he stays in the news without him having to go do an interview on any of Have you seen him on any of the Sunday shows of Mr. Ivy? Not recently. In no. Four months, four months. I haven't counted it. He's been in the basement. Not one meet the press this week. Well, it's not been four months because he just Sunday. did. Wait, wait. He just did an interview Station with Joy Reid. Wait, wait. It has. It's, it's not oh, been four months. Serious? He just are did an serious? interview with Joy, Joy Reid. What was that? Are two weeks serious? ago? Three weeks ago when she did are, her kicked off serious? her show? Two weeks ago. Are, Mr. Ivy, we're what? talking about the Sunday morning uh, network We always TV. talk about something else when no. I prove you wrong. You didn't prove me wrong. You just, you just said the man hasn't done any else. interviews in four months. He just was on Joy Reid on MSNBC. That's as mainstream as okay. it gets. Mr. Ivy, Mr. Ivy, when did the Joy Reid new show become a Sunday morning talk show? The shit is on during the week, sir. I know. I'm just saying I'm you sorry. said initially that she hasn't it. done any interviews whatsoever it. in four months. You're getting triggered. Mr. Ivy. You're getting triggered. Are you, are you, Mr. Ivy, I'm not looking at your face. Okay, I heard you talking about your beard. Shout out to the beard gang. Beard gang matters. But uh, (laughs) only black men in the media in Cincinnati with a beard. It matters. (laughs) I hear you, bro. All these other clean, smooth, baby face guys. Say what now? Do your thing, thing. Thank you. Uh, What I'm saying is, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, sir. Drop. I need to move on. I need to move on. Huh? I I need to move on. I'm gonna give you last word. Okay. All right. Thank you for uh, letting uh, letting me talk, sir. And all I got to say is, that's the Democrats. Stay woke. Drop squad 52. <laughs> drop science to anyone who wants to catch me. He is hilarious, man. <laughs> How could you not like drop? How could you not like drop? He is hilarious, man. He's self-deprecating. I love a bit of self-deprecation. I love it. Beer games matter. I'm a little all over the place a little bit this morning. There's a bunch of things that's in my head but of course i want to take your chat get your thoughts and your calls as well here is andrew gillum remember you missed gillum i know it's been a while since we've had an opportunity to connect yeah Um, but as many of you know i decided to take some time away to work on myself (laughs) uh, for good reason bro that i was having Uh, i went away to rehab to focus on my issues with alcoholism Having grown up. What about the male prostitutes and the drugs? All the drugs. Not alcoholism, but it was other drugs there too, brother. And you married. So I watched watched the entirety of the video. I saw it on Instagram. He didn't mention the male prostitutes at all. Which means that he ain't real. You're supposed to just focus on the addiction. See, that's what gives that whole... It's wrong for you to do that, Andrew. But I watched the video and he basically said that, you know, losing to in that race for Florida governor had a huge impact on him more than he thought. And that's what made him hook up with these male prostitutes in a hotel room with bottles and liquor and all kind of stuff. And clearly he went. I'm not saying he doesn't have an alcohol problem. I'm saying he got some other things he need to work on as well. Start to 
talked through some of what was going on. Yeah, what was going on, brother? Um, I knew that if I had not dealt first with issues of addiction and prostitutes, um, the numbing that I chose with alcohol, there was no way the numbing you chose with male prostitutes and talk about what was. Ah, man, it's a teaser. I mean, you know, that's what you want to spend your money on. You go ahead and spend your money on it. I got better things to do with my cash. I'm sorry. Good morning to you. <laughs> Andrew Gillum, man. Oh, man. Stacy writes, as for now, some private schools are attending five days a week. Really? Well, maybe they've got smaller sizes and they've got the resources and the facilities to manage it better. But, you know, you got so many schools, they got hundreds, if not more than that, kids in a building. Uh, Nathan, uh, Mary writes, Nathan, I think all the high school sports that are playing are also putting the kids at risk. There are no masks and no contact. My daughter wanted to do a particular sport this year, and we told her no. Wait and see, because we didn't get any details from the coaches about masking, about social distancing, and what they were going to do to ensure that kids are safe. I personally love uh, high school sports. I, You know, I'm raising my daughter to be a student athlete. I've been telling her that since she was young. You're a student athlete, strong body, strong mind. They go hand in hand. But you ain't going to be able to do that this year. Period. I mean, I, I, why is it so hard for us as Americans to understand that you can't always do what you want to do? It's as simple as that. We're talking about temporary discomfort for long-term safety and health. To me, it's easy. I just don't understand y'all. You want to run back into a burning building, right? The building was on fire. The fire department comes over. They put out 20, they, they put out 75% of the fire. Only 25% is left. It's only your bedroom that's ablaze, but it's okay for you to go back to the living room and sit down and watch TV. What I'm missing where they do that at? If your house is on fire, you had to call the fire department, you run out your house and your PJs, you're standing outside, everything's on fire. You're not going inside until the entire fire is extinguished. With COVID-19, we keep trying to go back in. Oh, only 25% is on fire. Only 50%. Oh, it's cool now. It's not cool. It's not safe. It's real simple. Nothing else matters more than that. You know, I understand the parents and the child care piece, but those are your kids. You decide to have children. You didn't you didn't have children thinking, oh, I'm going to be able to put them in public schools. Because if you did, you made a mistake, homie. Those are your children. You're going to have to find a way to deal with it. Am I sympathetic? Yeah. At the end of the day, you're going to have to find a way to deal with it. Period. This is decisions you've got to make when you have children. All the contingencies. This is what it is. You know what I'm saying? CPS has a lot of responsibilities, but are they responsible for your kids during a pandemic? No, they are not, in my humble opinion. They're not. They, those you are responsible. You're mom. You're dad. You brought them to the world. Make it happen, Captain. Simple as that. Now, that's easy for me to say because I'm in a bit of a privileged position, me and a wifey. Okay. And there's a lot of parents, single parent households, younger kids. I don't. I, I'm sympathetic. I'm sympathetic, but at the end of the day, it's a pandemic and those are your children. Figure it out. Call grandma. Something. That's what it's going to be, homie, for the first five weeks. It is what it is. 
So we all supposed to get COVID-19 and get sick because you don't have child care? Come on, that's completely unfair. I'm sorry. You're putting everybody at risk. Because I know that's what a lot of this conversation is. The parents are putting pressure on CPS. What about child care? What about child care? I got to work. I got to work. I'm sympathetic. But you decided to have children. You decided that. So you going to have to figure it out. That's some tough love for that ass right there. It's tough love, but it is what it is. Tell me I'm wrong. That's what it comes down to. Some of you whose children have already left, you're breathing a sigh of relief like, we dodged a bullet. If you don't have younger kids or school-aged kids, you like, whoosh, we ain't got to worry about that. It is what it is. So I'm, I'm in the same boat. We and the, Me and the wifey going to have to figure it out. Ain't no whining. Ain't no complaining. We're going to have to do this because we decided to have children. Stop me when I'm wrong. All this belly aching and whining is I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I don't want to wear a mask. It's uncomfortable. No, it's not. It's not uncomfortable at all to wear a mask. Get yourself a cool mask that you like wearing. You'll like it even better. Go purchase the kind of mask that you want to wear that's more comfortable. It's not that difficult to wear no damn mask whatsoever. It's easy peasy. People out here running around making a whole bunch of excuses about nothing because we as Americans don't like to be uncomfortable. That's all it is. That's all it is. We don't want to be. We think that being uncomfortable is a violation of our rights. That's why these mofos run around to the state, to the Capitol, run around talking about it's my right because they they have equated comfortability with rights. This is a violation of my rights. You were asking me to wear a mask. It makes it it makes my nose itch. It makes your nose itch. Okay, got you. I don't got no sympathy for it. I'm tired of hearing it. I reserve the sympathy for the people that deserve it. The people that don't deserve it don't get no sympathy over here. This is what it is. They're right to agree. Masks will be the new normal. I'm telling you, get ready. You're going to be wearing masks for the rest of your natural life. Get ready for it. I'm getting a call from CPS right now. (laughs) Get ready for it. You're going to be wearing a mask for the rest of your natural life. It is what it is. And stop trying to listen. CPS didn't tell you to have no no children. Nobody is married. Nobody is CPS. So, you know what? Have some kids. We're going to take care of them for you during the pandemic. No, you decided to have intercourse. You decided to have a child and bring it to this world. Make it happen, Captain. Make it happen. Period. Stop with the whining. Make it happen. So all you got to do, all the time you spend in whining with CPS, you just be spending planning for your contingency plan for your for your children, not my children, your children. You know, we shouldn't have to get COVID-19 because you don't have child care. I'm just telling you. Your teachers and administration have to be at risk because you don't have child care. Make it happen, Captain. Figure it out. I'm sympathetic, though. I'm very sympathetic. These are real issues, and they should be considered. They should be considered. Oh, I didn't just miss an important call there. They should be considered. You know what I'm saying? Very much so they should be considered. But at the same time, you know, 
Oh, okay. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah, Craig. Yeah, that'd be great. Hold on, I'm getting a message. Um, let me see. We'll say 950. Does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a call from someone who uh, I love to talk to about. I like like to talk to, should I say, not talk about. Um, yeah, we might get a call at um, 850 this morning. So having read that, let me take a quick break because I was getting ready to take a break anyway. Let me tell you, I feel like I've just been riffing and ranting this morning, but, you know, it is what it is. It comes with the territory. It's the Nathan Ivey Show, live, local, and vocal. All right, we talk about man goals. Please stop. Leave men the F alone. Leave us alone. We will determine our own goals. We will determine what's mature for a man. Some of you women out there go, y'all talking about us, talk about yourself. All right, let us figure out what it means to be a man. We've talked about the CPS reopening plans, but what about black classism here locally? I read a very interesting piece written by a former member of city council in which she was talking about the men in suits and the women in heels. Remember that movement? And I think they're trying to do some other things as well. But I thought that the insights that I read were kind of interesting. We'll share with that on the other side. 513-873-7134. This is the last honest place in Cincinnati media. It's the Nathan Ivy Show. Black Business Report. I'm Joan Doniger. The world of finance has been a lonely place for black Americans, even those with degrees from the best schools. For years, the finance industry shut black people out of its banking partnerships, trading floors, and executive suites. Wall Street, you know, is a closed society and you know, it's a meritocracy and it's very hard to get in and stay in. Reggie Brown, now a principal at GTS, became the first black exchange official back in the 90s. I sat in the members' lounge and a 90-year-old member of the exchange didn't believe I belonged there and cleared his throat and told me to go. Now he says there are more people of color to speak freely on Wall Street and that, he says, plus the fact that so many have been working from home during the pandemic has allowed us to focus. Seeing George Floyd being murdered by a white cop with his hands in his pocket, you know, it's just morally reprehensible. Bloomberg Businessweek is looking at what it's like to be black on Wall Street. That's your Bloomberg Black Business Report. I'm Joan Doniger. This is Zoe Wesson. What side of history do you want to be on? The right side or one where black people continue to be underrepresented in Hamilton County? Now's your chance to end 230 years of exclusion. In Charlie Winburn, we have a man that's received the Cincinnati NAACP President's Award, who fought on the Ohio Civil Rights Commission for six years, who received the Baptist Minister's Conference Community Service Award. Charlie Winburn has received the Southern Christian Leadership Conference Award and was honored by WDBZ The Buzz as Pastor of the Month. We know Charlie Winburn, and he knows us. He's the right man to put us on the right side of history. On Tuesday, November 3rd, vote for Charlie Winburn for Hamilton County Treasurer. I am Charlie Winburn, and I'm asking you for your vote on Tuesday, November the 3rd. Paid for by friends of Charlie Winburn. Are you interested in medical coding, but not sure where to start? And scared of wasting time and resources? Let me help you with the right steps. To become a certified marketable medical coder. 
Learn more at bit.ly slash five steps coder. The Navy Show is supported by listeners. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Nathan Ivy Show and help Nathan keep the show independent. They have pre-diabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mind. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Betty can't say that in reverse. You're listening to The Nathan Ivy Show. One man, one microphone, one mission. Now let's get back to the flow. Hey, good morning, family. Welcome back. Nathan Ivy in the air chair. It's the Nathan Ivy show. The last honest place in Cincinnati media brought to you by Sin Digital Media, a new urban voice in the city of Cincinnati. We believe in the power of black voices. Good morning to you. All right. I'm getting a phone call from I'm getting a phone call from Tamaya DeMar this morning. And she wrote a very interesting piece. It's, it's making its rounds around social media right now. And I read it within the last 24 hours and it caught my attention. She was talking about black classism. Let me go straight to the phones and say good morning. Hey, good morning, Tamaya. Welcome. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good. How is uh, things holding up in this COVID-19 world? You know, I'm doing okay. Hanging in there. Thanks for asking. Okay, absolutely. I read your piece about black classism with the uh, men mm-hmm. in suits and the uh, ladies in heels. And as soon as I read it, I thought, man, I agree. It was some of the first thoughts that I had as well. Again, this is not to, you know, I think that all the people involved have great intentions and things like that. Absolutely. But it's it's something that you wrote and it's something I thought. I thought, you know what? I want to talk about this this morning because classism is one of those things that we don't talk about too much in the black community. And in particular here in the city of Cincinnati, I think it's part of the problem. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I think that... um, Classism is like Cincinnati. I think we, for so long, we've um, we've been vying for uh, white acceptance. And while we might not blatantly say is white acceptance, it's you know things that we do or the way that we talk in hopes of um, being you know not threatening to to white people. I think that we have you know within within black folks because we're not a monolithic group. You know we talk about people who you know that kind of that talented tenth, those type of people who feel like, you know, if I dress better, if I go to certain schools, that will, um, you know, gain me some sort of favor with white people. And so it really questions um, the root of that. While I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to want to, you know, go to nice schools, 
what, what we're saying subconsciously is we're equating nice uh, with white, and that's something that we shouldn't do. So the name of your piece is titled Black Classism is Not the Answer. But before I get to that, tell me about the activated people and the work you're doing over there. So, yeah, thank you for asking about that. I just um, so I'm a freelance journalist with the activated people. It's a new up and coming uh, online uh, publication. And it's kind of they, they kind of want to be in the same space as like the Grio and the Root. And it's just getting started. So it's it's a great opportunity for me to come in with them on the ground floor. But all the articles are rooted in, you know, justice of some kind, whether it be racial justice, economic justice, gender justice, gender equity, you know, and that sort of sort of thing. So I'm excited about the activated people. They're based out of New York, but it's something I get to do, obviously, remotely. And it's um, just, just writers from all over the country who write about um, empowerment for people, particularly um, black people, but any, any group of people who are marginalized based on their identity. I like it. I like it. Wish you the best with that. So you say that black classism is not the answer. And so what sparked this? So were you watching like everybody else was watching the live streams here in Cincinnati when the men in suits and the ladies in heels were having their demonstration downtown? And what were some of the things that stood out to you? Well, even before it was, you know, actually a thing here in Cincinnati, I remember reading about it. Um, they start doing like this movement uh, in other cities and what, one thing that stuck out about to me is um, just, you know, the whole issue of respectability and where that comes from. And there's nothing wrong, and, and I want to be clear, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to, you know, dress nice and wear a suit. Um, and I think the people who organize these really do mean well. They're not trying to be, you know, they're not thinking about exceptions of white people. They just want to put their best foot forward. But when you do that and when you say those things, there are implications to those statements. And so the men in suits thing, and then the, the you know, I saw on one flyer, I'm not sure if it was here in Cincinnati, but the ladies in heels or dresses to follow. And there was so, like, the, the gender normative roles, the misogyny, um, and the sheer just in, internalized inferiority um, really stuck out. And for some reason, black people, and it's not for some reason, I mean, it's, it's how we've been conditioned um, in this country. What You know, I'm talking about, you know, I'm going back to the talented tent and even further than that, but the whole notion that um, if we just put our heads down and if we work hard, you know, white people won't shoot us or white people won't do this to us and they won't do that to us, where we begin to take on ownership of what they are doing to us based on the color of our skin. So, you know, we think about the, the, the massacre in Tulsa. If that was about, if, if white acceptance was about economic empowerment, then that wouldn't have happened. So it's clear that you know, uh, economic um, you know, upward, upward mobility is beautiful, and you should do it. You should try your best, but that's not going to make you more presentable to white people. If you, you know, even when we were talking about the young man who was killed, Elijah McCain, and I think there was some talk, and I don't know if this to be true, but there were talks where, like, you know, he, he was, uh, he, was experienced, he experienced autism in some way, and so people began almost saying, oh, my God, he shouldn't have gotten killed because he experienced autism, whereas it doesn't matter if he was a hellion or he was, a, you know, a mean person, it's still not okay to kill someone. And so we, we sometimes we say things and things are so internalized, and we, um, we've, we've, we've started to really own our inferiority. And with the men in suits uh, movement, while I know that the people down there had the most amazing intentions. 
again, what they're saying is, if I wear this suit, if I do this thing, if I dress the way they want me to dress, if I stand in this way, then I won't get shot. And it, it sends a message um, that um, we can we, we control white people's ability to accept us. And what a lot of people don't know, when you start thinking about these terms, and I start doing my research for this article, even the term like black on black crime, that's another um, you know respectability piece that we got to start. We got to stop killing each other. Black on black crime, that term was invented by a white person. Um, the talented tenth was a term invented by uh, a white person. And so you hear people talk about black on black crime all the time, but we didn't even invent that. And so it's 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 constantly being said by white people what we should say in order to gain acceptance, and that's not it's not it's not even healthy. Speaking with Tamaya Denar, Tamaya, I couldn't agree with you more. You know where I also see that classism exactly what you defined so eloquently i see it in the and i've seen it for years and always resisted it when black people criticize the whole sagging your pants as if as if if you if you weren't sagging your pants white people would accept you better you wouldn't have to deal with racism and what they forget is martin luther king was snazzy dressed with a suit getting beaten down, being oppressed, being put in jail. I mean, you wrote about that in your piece as well, but it needs to be put out there. Just because you have a suit on is not going to change the way white supremacist or the racist status quo deals with you or looks at you. Yeah, it's one thing to say, I don't want to sag my pants because I want to look a certain way. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start saying, pull your pants up because you want to be accepted, that's where the problem comes in. I think it was a mayor, former mayor of Philadelphia, Michael Nutter, he had a, uh, there was a series of crimes in Philadelphia and he began to start talking about, now this was a, he was at City Hall and he began to talk about the young people with their pants sagging in a sense that, you know, if you would just do this thing, then you would be okay. You wouldn't have to worry about the police messing with you. And it was like, you know, I said in the article, if we go by that standard, if that's the standard that we're creating, then we're basically saying, even if we're not intentionally saying it, because we have to understand the implications of what we say and what we don't say. So even if you're you're saying that, you're perhaps maybe maybe implying that if George Floyd didn't have on that black tank top and he had on a blank a black suit instead, the police would have left him alone. Or you know everybody remember everybody started rocking and, and doing their profile pics with you know the hoodie um, in memory of Trayvon Martin. So maybe if Trayvon Martin didn't have on that hoodie, maybe he would dress in a suit. George Zimmer would be in prison for you know killing this respectable, you know, black, young black man. So we just have to be careful in how we say and what we say in terms of how, um, you know, how we're talking about how we present ourselves, because if we're presenting ourselves purely not to be messed with or for purely for white acceptance, that's a problem. And again, I want to say, I don't, I, I know that the people who organize the marches wasn't thinking that, but that, that essentially is what, you're saying so women put on your heels and men put on your suits and we walk down the street because if we show them who we are, if we show them that we're not threatening, if we show them that we are respectable, then they will they won't kill us. You called it unconscious elitism in your piece. Unconscious elitism. Yeah, it is. I mean you grow we grow up, you know, we were in school, we were listening to like, you know, we grew up and there's nothing wrong with that because we didn't get a whole lot of black history from our mainstream schools, but you know, we grew up like thinking about like Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois, who are amazing people, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but you start to go back to layers and start thinking about why we are where we are. You know, all these things have led us to this point. And, 
you know, our, 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 uh, my grandmother, you know, growing up in the South and, you know, those things that, you know, she was an amazing person, a strong person, but the things that maybe she passed along, along to me that maybe she shouldn't have in terms of, you know, feel like I have to do certain things to be accepted. And in one place that I don't want to go too far into it, but you see it a lot in politics. And that's when I really started understanding respectability. There were certain, you know, we, within black people, we talk about, if you, if you, I know you heard this, I don't know your readers are probably, or your listeners have probably heard this too, but we talk about safe black people, you know, and people who uh, white people are scared of. And safe black people, we, when we start associating who white people deem as safe, they're not going to be people like me. They're going to be other kind of people. They're going to be people who are, who are more poised and say the right things and, and they, you know, are not going to make too much of a ruckus. And here in Cincinnati, I don't know if it's because we're so close to the river and people thought when they got to the river, they were free. I'm not sure if that mentality is ingrained in us, but in Cincinnati particularly, we have a problem with uh, rowdy, outrageous black people who don't fall in line. And that's, um, that's how a lot of times classism rears its head. Cincinnati is through uh, politics. But let me challenge you a bit. So can two things be true at the same time? Can it be true your observation about the, the men in suits, the women in heels, but can they also be if, be an effective collective for our community at the same time? Or do you think Absolutely. that... Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, I think it's, it doesn't have to be binary, but the, but it becomes it's, it's about the motivation. If you're putting on that suit because you want to look as nice as you can or you like yourself, like the way you look in a suit, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're putting on that suit to be accepted, that's where the issue comes in. Does that make sense? It does make sense. But what I'm saying is, let's say the second part is true. Let's say the people with the men in suits, the women in heels are putting it on because, and then I agree with you in terms of this whole trying to put a the best foot forward to, for white folks. Let's show them something. Let's, let's show them who we really are and all this kind of stuff. I ain't with none of that. Let's show them the other side you wrote, right? I agree with you on that, but can they still be an effective collective in terms of bringing equity policy tangibles for our community, even though there's elements of elitism and maybe this internalized oppression, you know, elements inside of the movement? You can, but I think, it, I, I think how, how deep will it be? I mean, it, it still will feel like a house of cards because if you're building it on principles that don't really address the issue, because you can go like a lot of the, you know, you can give money or give government funds to a black business, okay? But if your aim is just to give money to black businesses and not necessarily peel back the layers of what kind of black businesses, yeah, you're accomplishing the goal because you're already feeding people who really don't necessarily need that money. But if you're peeling back the layers and say, I want to empower people and give money to, to, to companies and, and, and corporations and new up, upstarts that maybe the owner of the business is maybe rough around the edges and she or he don't, they don't know certain things. Um, and then they hire certain people. You want to peel back the layers and look at those kind of businesses. Cause if you're just giving out money, and if it's just about economic empowerment, then any old black person would do. Does that make sense? Makes sense. You also wrote that if the answer to earning white people's acceptance lies in stylish clothes and economic empowerment, then the Tulsa massacre of 1921 would never have happened. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, you think about uh, Black Wall Street, and I looked at pictures of how they were dressed. I mean, I did uh, some research and how, you know, they looked and all these amazing viable businesses. The issue the issue was empowerment. They, they were mad that these Black folks were creating their own uh, communities, and they weren't relying 
on their businesses and their businesses were, were threatened. And that's why economic empowerment alone, and I want to be clear about that, alone isn't the key. But if we're just worried about uh, black businesses, then that's going to be a problem. Again, like it's good to have uh, to you know to focus and to, to give money and, and build wealth, but wealth is another thing alone that won't save us. So I think if we have to look at this collectively, if we're looking at you know black businesses, and we're looking at you know um, making sure that our social services are um, what they need to be to help people, and we're making sure that our education, uh, our schools are intact, and our our, our our educational programs are what they need to be to serve the kids that they serve. And we need, you know, we need to look at our health care system. All the work because of healthcare is businesses, it's education, but we can't solely fixate on economic empowerment alone because that won't save us either. Well, Tamaya, giving us something to think about. I appreciate your time this morning. Where can people find the hey, piece? Thanks for having me. Uh, actually, if they go, they can go to uh, um, my Facebook page. They can just go to activatedpeople.com and then they'll see the article there. All right. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, Take most care. def. Appreciate her calling. I just got the text message. She knew, I guess she saw the um, the cover for today's show and knew what it was going to talk about. I appreciate to get the insight from the author as well. And I'll keep my eyes on the activated people. That sounds very interesting. Black classism is not the answer. Interesting. Again, hopefully people will take that conversation the right way, but you never know with these Negroes. You never know. That's why I just do me, homie. Good morning to you. My time is short. I've got a lot of things going on today. I really appreciate you. I wanted to make sure we got that in before you rolled out. I want everybody to have an excellent day. I'll keep your chat up on the screen as uh, the credits roll, so to speak, as the show is ending. Uh, so your chat can at least be featured. And again, just giving you something to think about. This is the last honest place in Cincinnati media, the most honest media in the city because we're independent. Right. Cincinnati needs more independent voices. If you support the culture, if you support black independent voices, support this show, support Send Digital Media. And also to give you a heads up with tomorrow at 12 noon, a special broadcast, a joint show between myself and also the Donnie B is Adjust Me podcast. We'll be uh, chopping it up starting at 12 noon and we're scheduled to to, uh, get a call, uh, perhaps a Zoom call from uh, the superintendent, Laura Mitchell, to talk about. Everything that's happening with CPS, the reopening plans, what you can expect. Perhaps you didn't get a chance to be on that live stream yesterday. And there's some things that you have questions about or concerns about. That'll be a great opportunity for you to interface and and get a sense from the woman in charge herself. So listen, have an excellent rest of your day. As always, we know our motto, winners focus on winning, losers focus on winners. Stay focused, stay winning, family. And we'll talk real soon. I'm Nathan Ivey, and I'm out.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.